The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. So, hey, it's great to be here with you tonight. Thanks a lot for tuning in. And, um, you know, we're moving into uh, the next phase uh, out there in the world. And so I thought it would be great to talk about uh, a little bit about just moving into the next phase and how we might, how we might do that more intentionally intentionally, more consciously, and uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about tonight was our tribes and moving, moving beyond our tribes as we go into this next phase. And um, I know all of us uh, are kind of born into tribes. We've got the, the tribes of our parents and the way that they thought and uh, our religious tribes that we were born into. And, um, you know, we've got our political tribes, we've got our social tribes, ethnic tribes, places just where we feel comfortable. And, um, uh, you know, as we've found ourselves in this global pandemic here, um, it's caused us to look beyond those and uh, to see a bigger picture. And, you know, I was thinking this week... Um, I was thinking this week some about the astronauts. I've been thinking a lot about them lately, about them going up uh, into space and looking, in, looking at the earth from a different way. I brought uh, a picture here that, um, that they showed. Uh, it was the first time we got to see the earth this way, you know, with no, um, no borders, no boundaries. And uh, they said it was just like an instant uh, global consciousness. Several of them spoke of this. And I think that we've kind of moved into that, uh, into that idea now. And um, as, we, as we start to open up, as we start to open up all over the world in different places and we're, we're looking at it and we're trying to figure out how do, we, how do we do this new thing? How do we move forward and um, do it in a, in a way that supports... Uh, supports everybody's well-being. And so that's what I wanted to talk about tonight is, is the concept of moving beyond our tribes. And the first thing I think that's important is that we honor our tribes. Our tribes make us feel comfortable uh, to be around what we call like-minded people, to be around people who share our values, the people who, uh, you know, in our political tribes, we're, we're working with people who are, believe in the same things that we do. But there's a bigger picture unfolding now, too. And I think we need to be aware of that. As, uh, you know, as a spiritual center here, we've noticed that uh, we get the opportunity to uh, go deeper in this time like this, to deepen our connection with God, to, to uh, do our spiritual practice and to feel more grounded in our spiritual practice and, and uh, um, to kind of go beyond politics for a while because of this... Uh, uh, because of this situation, it's given us an opportunity to uh, kind of keep those tribal uh, political hostilities at bay for just a little bit. It's been a good thing. You know, and it reminded me of uh, a story in the Bible that I just love. And uh, this is a story that's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's, uh, it's in, uh, a time when some mem- men came to Jesus uh, with a political question and a very much a tribal political question. And uh, at the time when Jesus was alive, his tribe, the Jewish tribe, was uh, being occupied by the Romans. And there was a lot of the Jewish people who wanted to revolt and overthrow the Romans. There were other Jewish people, the Jewish leaders especially, who 
thought that the status quo should be maintained. So somebody comes to Jesus, a man, and says, you know, you're wise, you're, uh, we know that you're a very smart, very just person. I just have a question for you here. Should we as Jewish people be paying taxes to the Romans? And Jesus knew that this was a trap, and that either way that he answered, uh, he was going to be in trouble with somebody. So this is what he did. He said, let me have a coin. Does somebody here have a coin? And he said, whose face is on this coin? And they said, well, that's, that's the emperor's face. That's Caesar's face. And he said, well, give to Caesar those things that are Caesar's. But give to God those things that are God's. What an answer that was. It says in the Bible that they all were amazed. And you've got to admit that's a pretty good answer. And one of the things I just love about that is he's talking about be involved in the system that you're in, be involved in the culture that you're in, do your civic duty, but save your heart, your soul, and your mind for God. There is a bigger story unfolding here, and we don't want to settle for the cheap drama of politics when we have a real connection with the living spirit that is available to us. So I think that's the opportunity that we have right now. We have that opportunity to stay connected with spirit, stay connected with our spiritual discipline, stay connected with the truth of ourselves as we move into this next phase. Next thing I wanted to talk about was um, the concept of being for something rather than being against things all the time. One of the things that we see about tribalism is that we spend a lot of our time attacking the other tribes. That's where a lot of our focus goes, is to be in attack mode, and it's all based on fear. And there's so much uncertainty now that there, there is a lot of fear in our culture. But I think the thing that we can do is we can make the decision to be for something to be for something rather than against things. You know, I had the great opportunity this summer. Uh, my wife Stephanie and I went out to California to uh, a conference, uh, a conference where all of our centers get together and they, uh, um, you know, we have a lot of music and a lot of speakers. That are, it's a place called the Silamar, which is on the Monterey Peninsula. And it was always a gathering place for the Centers for Spiritual Living, Religious Science, and our founder, Ernest Holmes, used to have an annual gathering out there in August. And people would come from all over the country. And this year, they were celebrating to come back to Asilomar. We hadn't been there for several years. And we, we came back there, and we were talking about Ernest Holmes' last talk, which is called The Sermon by the Sea. It was the last time he spoke to people um, before he made his transition, the last time he spoke to this group of people. And so all the speakers during the week, all the ministers that got up and spoke, referenced that last talk when he was kind of saying what was important to him uh, as he knew that he was ending his time here on earth. And this is something that he said that I thought was really, was really important. It would be wonderful indeed if a group of persons should arrive on earth who were for something and against nothing. This would be the highest good for an organization, wouldn't it? It is in the life of the individual. Find me one person who is for something and against nothing, who is redeemed enough not to condemn others out of the burden of his soul, and I will find another Savior, another Jesus, and an exalted human being. 
He went on to expound about that thing, the idea of being for something and against nothing. And it certainly is a tall order. But I think that we can see culturally as we move out into this next phase that we have been, we have been a part of uh, an idea. We're all in this together. We see, that, we see those signs in the windows. We see those banners in the street. We're all in this together. We see it in the commercials. So can we be for something now? Can we be for something? To find something that we're for and to put our energy there, to put our commitment there, to put our time and our efforts there, to be a part of the political process, but to be for something and to be clear about what we're for, to be enlightened citizens and to do our work in the world in a positive way. And I like what he said, it starts with the individual, starts with each of us, and we make a collective by our commitment together. And the last thing I wanted to say is, as we move into this next, this next time, we got to reach out and serve. It's an opportunity for us to reach out and serve like we never have before. We have a tremendous amount of work ahead of us, tremendous amount of work all over this planet. There's a lot to be done. And so our service and our commitment to service is going to be the thing that pulls us through. That's going to be the place where we need to place our focus. And so um, I just got done reading a great book. It's a book called The Second Mountain. It was written by a guy named David Brooks, who is a columnist for the, for the New York Times. He wrote this great book about uh, just kind of the path that we follow through life. And he said, on our first mountain, we're striving and, and, and we're, trying, we're trying to make it. We're, we're, trying to, uh, we're trying to make money, do better at our job, to move up in whatever we're doing. And he said, uh, the goals on that first mountain are the normal goals that our culture endorses. To be a success, to be well thought of, to get invited into the right social circles, and to experience personal happiness. It's all the normal stuff. Nice home, nice family, nice vacations, good food, good friends, and so on. And then something happens. And all of us know that. What happens on the first mountain is oftentimes we get knocked off of it. A relationship falls apart, somebody passes, our job goes away. We just kind of lose our way. That's how most of us found our way here. We lost our way. So what he said is, at that time, we fall into the valley. And what's interesting now is we've all fallen into the valley together. The whole planet's in the valley now. And in the valley is where we learn and we grow and we shed some of the things that no longer serve us. And then we start moving towards the second mountain. And that's different. The people who have been made larger by their suffering are brave enough to let parts of their old self die. Down in the valley, their motivations changed. They've gone from self-centered to other-centered. The second mountain is not the opposite of the first mountain. To climb it doesn't mean rejecting the first mountain. It's the journey after it. It's the more generous and satisfying phase of life. That's the opportunity that's in front of us now to look for spiritual solutions that include everybody. 
to stay connected and to give the best part of ourselves to God, to look there for our guidance. And we can do this. We are indeed in this together. That's the good news. I just love that multi-talented Dr. Barry Ebert. He sings, he preaches, he knows all sorts of stuff about kids and families. The only thing he can't do is dance. I think we've discovered that dancing may not be his biggest uh, talent or gift. (laughs) But it's great that he does so much else. And uh, we're really grateful again to have you here with us and thought we would talk a little bit just for a minute about some of our favorite things about this beautiful place, Mile High Church. So what's one, what's something great you think that's going on these days around here, Dr. Barry, besides that, that great talk you just gave? Um, One of the things that I like that's going on, we have this, uh, Great Youth Ministry, which I'm kind of fond of, and uh, we do a service after the Sunday service in the big house here. We do a uh, a service online, and uh, it's cool. I get to play some music on that. We do a little lesson every week, and uh, they're posting stuff, and, and it's so cool seeing the kids in the little squares. So we'll be singing Surely the Presence, or we'll be singing Hop to It, or some of the songs we sing at day camp, and I can see all the kids doing the hand signals online and everything. And it's just, it's just a great feeling. I love it. And uh, I'm just looking so forward to having kids running around this place again. I really, I really miss that. And I know it's going to happen. Yeah, I know it's going to happen. Me too. What about for you, River Michelle? For me, one of the things that I love right now is just all of the opportunities to stay connected in whether it's you know through Zoom, through phone calls, but especially all of the groups that have been able to continue during this time, whether it's the recovery group or the healing group or the Sacred Sisters, you know our teens meet you know twice a week as well as our middle school group. Our next gen's been meeting once a week, and so just continuing to create the space for connection and community, even if we're not able to be here you know in person with one another, it's just been huge. I think that's great. Yeah, I think we kind of like each other, and I think we recognize that we do belong to each other, and we belong to you, and you belong to us, and one of the things that has just touched me so deeply, we've mentioned it a number of times, is that I uh, look in on my office occasionally when I'm here for Wednesday night or for a Sunday morning, and I will have stacks of letters of gratitude, of people just writing in to us saying, Thank you for being there for me right now. I never really watched online, and now I'm so grateful that I am doing that. And and thank you for those classes you're offering online, and thank you for staying with us. It's just I literally have a stack like this on my desk of notes that are just so beautiful and, and touching. So we are very grateful that you continue to be here with us, that you continue to send love our way, and that you continue to support yourself and support this ministry so beautifully. And as we just move into this time of prayer, I invite you to take a breath with me. And let's just turn within. Recognizing the divine presence that is right here, right now. Breathing us. Supporting us expressing through us recognizing all of the ways that God shows up around us 
through the sunlight, through the plants, the animals, through laughter, through connection. God is the very breath that we breathe. And there is no limit to God's expression. For God is all that there is. And so much more. This divine presence outpictures as community, as oneness, as possibility. And I am so grateful to know that right where I am, in any given moment, God is expressing itself through me, as me, expressing itself as love, as gratitude, as the truth that I am one with this divine presence. The truth that there is no place or no situation where God is not. God is the ever-present being, the breath of life, the extraordinary light that we see in each and every one that we meet. I'm so grateful for the connection, for the strength, for the courage that this present imbues in me especially in the moments where I might not be able to feel them. I can lean into that divine presence that is always there to remember. I can lean into that truth and know that I am supported. I am whole. I am one with the one. And so right here and now, as we come together as one global family, we take time to see that divine presence, that divine light, that divine truth in each and every person that we come into contact with. We see it in the loved ones that we are home with, We see it through the screens, through the voicemails, through the calls, even through the texts. We feel that connection. We feel that love. And we know that we're not alone. We know that we belong here, now. We recognize that we have been called here by divine appointment, right here. The world needs our light. The world needs the extraordinary gifts that we have come here to share. And so as we continue to find our own sense of connection, 
be it through nature, through reaching out to friends, through turning within and just remembering our own divine light, we strengthen that vibration that lifts up the entire planet. As we support one another during this time, each act of kindness ripples into the world and supports people in ways that we may never even realize. And so as we continue to lean into that divine light, as we continue to lean into the love that surrounds us, may our light continue to shine even brighter. May our love be felt around the world. And during this time right now, I invite you to speak your name if you are feeling called to connect to a deeper sense of the divine within you. Speak your name or speak the name of a loved one who may need a little greater sense of connection right now. Knowing that as we connect with one another, we continue to build and grow and strengthen our tribe, our tribe of humanity, our tribe of love, of peace. And perhaps you or someone you love may be experiencing a sense of dis-ease and perhaps they can use or you can use a balm of healing light. So I invite you to speak your name or the name of a loved one aloud and send that ripple of healing, love, and light to that person or to you if you need a greater experience of healing right here. For the truth is that there is a divine blueprint of wholeness, of perfection, of health that is already available to us, that is already within us. And so we allow that love, that light, that healing to ripple out. And we experience it now. And if you or a loved one is experiencing or would like to experience a greater sense of community and relationship, I invite you to speak your name aloud or the name of a loved one and just know, know with me that right where we are, we belong. And that the loving relationships around us we open to them right here and right now. We see the love within ourselves and we allow that mirror to be mirrored back to us by the people around us. And if you or a loved one is interested in being more in the flow of the divine abundance that is readily available, even in times where 
it seems as though there's maybe a sense of separation or a sense of lack. Let us right now speak our name aloud and bask in that flow of divine prosperity, of divine love, of divine connection. Experiencing greater love, experiencing greater prosperity, knowing that the resources that we need are readily available to us. And as we turn within, we are guided to that next perfect step to support our greater expansion, to support our greater experience of love, of light, of wholeness of possibility. And so I just wrap all of the names that have been spoken aloud, all of the extraordinary beings who are able to be here with us this evening, wrapping each one of us in this blanket of unconditional love, of support, of recognition that we belong, that we matter, that we are here to make a powerful difference in the world. And I am just so grateful for all of the opportunities that we have to stay connected. I am so grateful for all of the opportunities that we have to serve one another, to help uplift the world to help uplift our own lives. Grateful for this time, grateful for this truth, fully knowing that all that has been said is already done. Before it's even spoken, it is already done in the mind of God. And so I just simply let go and I let God do God's work, knowing that it is good and very good. And I simply allow it to be. And so it is. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church Podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, please visit us at milehighchurch.org. Have a fabulous day.